0: Before we get anywhere today, I just want to let you know that I'm rebranding this thing. Uh, The other name, A Life, Liberty, and Pursuit of God, it's just way too wordy. Um, It's now going to be called Preservation Podcast. And part of the reason why I'm doing this is because I think that just things that I've seen out in the world recently have made me realize that there's a lot that as conservatives, as Christians that we really need to be preserving culture that we really need to be influencing and preserving culture uh, that we need to be moving in culture and and almost in a way that's very progressive but holding steeply uh, to tradition and to to conservative values and to Christianity and to morality and um, so it's a little bit of the reasoning behind it the other reason is because I wanted to and because it was just way too long so without further ado Back to the the podcast thing. Today, we're going to be talking about this right-wing idea that is out there everywhere, and that I believe for a long time. The big government is bad. Let's get to it. Alright, so this idea of big government being bad. This is gonna be a two-part series. The first part will be today. We're gonna talk a lot about political philosophy, talk a lot about the Bible, we're gonna talk about kind of why we need government, what government is used for, and why I think that this, this idea that big government is bad, and a small, limited government, and kind of a government that only exists to protect the rights of people is inherently false. Um, I've been doing a lot of reading, a lot of studying. Um, I know in other podcasts have said a lot about me liking John Locke, and I think that the idea of government only existing to protect life, liberty, and property of its citizens and citizens having rights, I obviously believe those things. But I think that being the only function of government is inherently an idealistic idea That sounds really amazing in theory, but does not play out the way that it should in the real world. We're talking a lot about that today, and in the next episode, we're going to talk fundamentally about how this idea plays into American politics. We're talking about how to practically enforce um, a good government a good big government, so to speak, and within the American system and kind of dig deep into the nitty-gritty as to why I think that this would be best for America. We'll touch a little bit on it by the end of today, uh, but just very briefly. I want to start it with this idea. It's very much pushed by groups like Turning Point USA and, and uh, Prager University. Both groups that I would say are kind of, I guess, with, with especially with my case, kind of gateway drugs to like pure conservatism, you know, very much so... Not even, like, classically liberal, but just this idea of the saying that big government is bad, or big government sucks. And I fundamentally agree with that. I think that the idea of a big government is bad. I think that humans are fallen, and that the government made up of humans will be inevitably fallen, and the bigger that it is, the 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 worse, the, or the more potential there, you know, for absolute power to corrupt absolutely exists. However, the same goes the other way. Whether we're you know, going too far on the side of despotism and tyranny or too far on the side of anarchism, there, human nature will play out and there will be, you know, it'll be wrong. Government exists not to find utopia, but to find a balance between the human will and the human, a way to, yeah, a way to control and to balance, you know, freedom and morality is the way that I would describe it. I want to talk a little bit about the kings of Israel. Um, The size of a government does not determine how effective it is, right? A big government or a small government can be bad or a big government or a small government can be good. I think that fundamentally, a big government is going to be better than a small government. We'll talk a little bit about that later. But the size of a government does not, or even the system of government, whether it's a monarchy or a democratic republic, constitutional republic, or an aristocracy, this idea that government... government. a government is only as effective as its principles, the people within it, and its end goals. So within Israel and Judah, they were both monarchies at for all of their history, basically, um, and had different sizes and governmental status. The rulers who followed God and his plan for the nation succeeded, whereas those outside of his standards led the nation in a wrong direction. This idea that government is not good or bad based off of its size or what kind of system it is, but based off of the people leading it, the ideas behind it, and the end goals is is a very biblical idea. I think that the idea of a monarchy obviously was not what God intended. God intended for them to be a direct theocracy with prophets and things like that. But then, obviously, the people desired to have a king like the other nations, so God established a monarchy. And the monarchy ended up being inevitably corrupted um, based on who the rulers and who the leaders were. And the monarchy was really, really good. It could have been really good and strong under strong monarchs who may have enforced their power, and, but followed God and enforced God's laws. And there are those who are outside of God's laws who did not follow God. The monarchy was successful or unsuccessful, not based off of the size of it, but based off of the planning, the structure, and whether or not they followed God. Um, Like I said earlier, a government is only as good as its principles, those who wield it, and what its end goals are. But, there's a few things we need to discuss before we go any further. Um, This is, for sure, a little bit more heady, a little bit of philosophy, a little bit of the bible um, and then before we discuss good this bad government, good government stuff, we need to lay some groundwork. So I personally believe, with many classical thinkers, um, and ultimately the Bible, that man is inherently flawed, selfish, and debased. This idea is based on a few things, my 20 years of experience on planet Earth, uh, political thinkers, and ultimately the Bible. Um, it doesn't take much more than walking outside to see that mankind is Dumb, um, to see the greed, the corruption, whether that be in a political system, within big business, within big tech. It doesn't take much more than, the idea of of the Epstein Island, or or anything like that, to see that mankind is just completely fallen, and to deny that mankind is inherently evil and selfish is to deny human nature. We see this in every society throughout all points of time. It's a very historical fact that mankind sucks. And if you deny this fact or think that mankind is inherently good, or as, you know, I think it's Luke Bryan, I believe most people are good. If that's the way that you think you are you are wrong and you obviously dare I say, yeah, you're just you're just wrong and you have not studied history at all. At all, at all, at all. There's a quote from Thomas Hobbes: "The condition of man is a condition of war, of everyone against everyone. We look out for number one um, ourselves, and there really is nothing else out there that we desire more than our own security and our own safety." Um, and then there's a couple of Bible verses for y'all: Old and New Testament, Romans five twelve. Therefore, just as one man, just as through one man, sin entered the world, and death through sin. And so death spread to all men because all men sinned. And then, of course, it goes on to talk about Jesus coming and redeeming us. But it paints a very brutal picture of mankind. And sin entered into the world and death through sin. And so sin spread through all men. All men are sinful. Obviously, when it says men, it's talking about humans here. So all men and women are sinful and all men and women will experience death because all have sinned. Jeremiah seventeen nineteen, The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately sick. Who can understand it? And then another verse from Romans, Romans 8, 6-7. For, for the mind set on flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile towards God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. The heart, The heart of a man that has not been redeemed is not set on the things of God. And I believe that even when we are set on God, there still is that innate, in human, sinful nature that still gets the best of us And at times. And I think that this this idea of man being sinful is a fundamental idea to what our discussion about the role and the purpose of government and big government, small government, bad government, good government... The condition of the heart of man and the way that mankind is, the way that mankind operates, obviously is going to have an impact on the way that our government is. This is why ideologies, uh, particularly founded by uh, Jean-Jacques Rousseau and the the more extreme side of the Enlightenment, Marxism to a degree holds this, um, but not to the exact extent this idea that people are good, or people are bad influences how much of political understanding and political philosophy. Because if you're coming at it from a place of man is good, then less government, more self government is going to be better. If you're coming at it from a place of man is inherently bad and that our world is broken, then your philosophy and your prescriptions for how to govern a nation or how to govern a group of people is going to be insanely different, right? This idea that you can have your ideologies about who man is separate from government, all all of this plays into into that. So if man is inherently wrong, uh, inherently sinful, inherently flawed, selfish, and debased, then our government should reflect that fact and not get caught up in this idea that man is inherently good or that man makes the right decisions. Because we have seen over and over, time and time again throughout the entire history of the world, that that idea could not be even more false. This idea that man is good is just complete, complete, um... Complete utter nonsense. It's just, there's just no way. I'm sorry, if you believe that, sorry to burst your bubble or to pop a balloon... Good night, it's wrong. Just go outside or, you know, hang out with a toddler or something. Um, Alright, so, why government? Why don't we all just kind of live together? Because man is inherently a political animal. Um, I also believe that society, hierarchy, and government are innately built into human beings. And this comes from the way that we're created, but I think it is just something innate within humans obviously that builds societies, that builds cultures, that builds government, that builds people groups, and that we coexist together. There's something within human humanity from the very beginning to which we are social creatures. If you think about this from an evolutionary standpoint, humans are pretty weak creatures. We're, we're not at all imposing or impressive when you look at us compared to the rest of the animal kingdom, and it would make sense that strength and numbers would be something there. And I believe truly that God created us and that it is not good for man to be alone, as God says, after he creates Adam and therefore creates Eve. I believe that we are social creatures made up of family. Uh, man shall leave, leave and cleave, leave his father and mother, and, and hold fast to his wife. And then they start a family, and then this is just these family groups. But even within family groups, there is obviously hierarchy. There are obviously this idea that that man, men, and women, or not not men and women. This is the idea that humankind, mankind, is equal. That people are equal, exactly equal, equal in status, in the way that they are, cannot be more false. I mean, I think about even within my own family. I am the oldest, so as of right now I am the tallest, by and by no means the most physically fit. You know, I might have the highest vertical reach by nature of being six, seven inches taller than my brother, but my jump is nowhere near his jump. You know, there's there's levels to it. And then you also got to factor in the fact that since I'm the oldest, my other brothers are not as aged as I am or have not completely finished growing. And we're just talking about this from a physical standpoint. When it comes to intellect, when it comes to ability, all of these things to say that mankind is equal is completely rubbish. There is an obvious hierarchy to the way that we are. So since we are social creatures and since hierarchy will inevitably exist in every circumstance... Government, as a reflection of hierarchy, will therefore exist. God establishes government from the very beginning when he tells Adam to have dominion over the earth. And this is where God establishes mankind as a political species that will have rulers and subjects. Those who will have dominion over the earth and over other people, and those who, to a lesser extent, will have less dominion, or, or will have dominion... Yeah, it will have dominion over less. Because I believe no matter what, man is called to have dominion over the earth, right? Just, there are people who have more dominion over others. A uh, little, little, little play on scripture here. Where two or more are gathered, there will be a hierarchy, and therefore there will be some kind of government. I think even within, like, working on a group project, there's an obvious hierarchy that develops, there's an obvious structure, therefore that is established and there's a sort of pseudo-government there. A government doesn't always have to mean bureaucracy. A government can just mean people who are in charge or people who take leadership over a certain instance. Since we are political, and since we are inherently flawed... Well, what is the purpose of government? If man is inherently sucky and government exists, why not use government in the way that God has established us to live life in a way that would benefit mankind? This, of course, would require a government that has the ability to make decisions for its people. Now, if I was establishing a new governmental system, it would look very different to the American system. I have long held that a benevolent dictatorship or benevolent aristocracy of the best people selected and chosen and taught up, very similar to Plato's The Republic, would be the most, would be the best um, form of government. Um, This kind of wise king... But this king is kind of a group of people, and then there's advisors, but these advisors each have their own power. And then there's people who are specifically used and trained up in military thought. I've long held that the ideas espoused by Plato's Republic are the would be the most ideal, a most prime form of government. You have people who are taught in a way that it they where they know what is good and we know it works. And we know it works over history, what works to a certain extent. Um we 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 see it in in just throughout all of the history of the world man is inherently fallen and therefore every government has its flaws but i believe there are ways to mitigate that right there i do not think that a democratic republic would be the route that i would go um even just just seeing the way that that the american system has become corrupted over the past couple of years because I fundamentally do not believe that what is popular is what is the best for the nation. However, that is not the way the American political system works. I've said all of this basically just to say that big government is not bad. This idea is completely whack. This idea that big government is bad. Because big government can be inherently good based off of who wields it, what its purposes are, what its end goals are. There's a clear distinction between big government that pushes for equity, equality, and, you know, all kinds of debauchery and pays for abortions. There's a whole big difference between that and a government that teaches ethics, teaches morality, a government that that protects its citizens and its citizenry from itself. Because left to our own desires, we will more than often and more than likely not make the best decisions for ourselves. Especially in a society such, in a way, that is given to um, debauchery as as we are very slowly becoming... Here's another quote from Thomas Hobbes. How could a state be governed or protected in its foreign relations if every individual remained free to obey or to not obey the law according to his private opinion? There is no such thing as a government if the governed are not following it. The only way to have this is to be sure we follow a big government. How how can we even pretend to be a functioning state if we have people who do not follow the rules? How can we pretend to be a state that values freedom of speech when big tech actively works against that? How can we pretend to be a state that values the freedom of the ability to protect yourself and to keep and bear arms when we ban assault weapons, whatever those are? Right? Think about it. So when we talk about government and we talk about the Bible, there's one uh, section, one verse, well, more than one verse in particular that we go to, and that's Romans thirteen one through 5. So we'll, we'll read from this here. Let every person be subjected to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will encourage judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear in the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword of vain. For he is a servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the evildoer. Therefore, one must be in subjugation, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. Here we have a very clear outline for government from God. Now, obviously, Paul is talking about an already established government in the Roman Empire, then also in other forms of government that would exist at the time for this audience. And he's also writing this in a very interesting time in which the church is being persecuted. Um, I've always found that weird about this passage, because at that time, Nero was not, I think it was near Nero might not have actually been in charge when Paul wrote this, um, But other Roman governors and Roman emperors were starting to get to that point of persecution. The church wasn't doing anything wrong. And yet they were still being punished by the state. I've always found that to be really interesting. However, if we take that verse... I hate to say this. I hate to take this verse out of its context. But if we look at it kind of not so much within the view of the Roman Empire... But if we look at it just as general rules for government, we can see kind of an established outline for this. Point number one that I see from this is that government is established by God. Kind of what I talked about earlier, how man is innately social and innately hierarchical. And that because that exists, government will exist. Number two, government exists to do good just like mankind but does not sadly live up to that ideal. Um, That's the kind of comment I made about how it obviously seems that God has established government for an exact reason. Same thing with mankind, it just sadly does not live up to the ideal. Government does not exist or should not exist to punish good conduct but bad conduct. Government also bears a sword which it can then use to bring about justice. You see this here, so this idea, so right here, we got government is established, government does good, government punishes bad conduct, and government bears a sword, and it says it does not bear a sword in vain. To me, right there, it would seem like a pretty good uh, conscription uh, from God's word, um, which I would think that for the most part, people within Turning Point USA and Prager University would believe would 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 conform, conform to, to biblical Christianity or at least push for Judeo-Christian values. I'd argue that big government is absolutely necessary for a good society. John Adams makes the case that our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. The original idea of our nation is that we would have self-government and self-regulation of morality And that our government would be basically in charge of the bureaucratic matters of the state. However, once we remove religion from school, Christianity from the state, there truly can be no other form of self-regulation. Not only this, but when the government became a big bureaucracy and big government and began to push for extremely liberal values... Um, began to push the, this idea, the very debased ideas, once we started to push you know, sex in school, or or, or all all of these other things, or, or different things that our government is promoting, instead of promoting good things, we just kind of had a live and let live attitude that really kind of shot ourselves in the foot. Because again, our constitution and the way that a government is set up is only for a group of people who are moral and religious. It's wholly inadequate to the government of any other, and that is because mankind, without God, is inherently sinful and fallen. Is inherently going to, at some point, make the wrong decision, and people are going to be hurt. It's just going to be a war of one person against another person, and that is no way to have a state See, because when self-government and self-regulation goes out the window, government has to step in because we are no longer able to self-govern. So, in order to promote the best common good in our world, government needs to be big, strong, and one that encourages morality. So, how does this work in America? Our government is already pretty big. Progressive secular humanism is already our state religion, and I feel very personally, that it is currently being forced down the throats. Um, we could promote sexual abstinence, which is obviously better for mental health and for physical health. Um, I mean, just, you know, the amount of STDs out there. Uh, listen to Phil Phil Robertson of Duck Dynasty. At any point, just Google Phil Robertson. and talks about STDs. He makes a really convincing point as to just to not do that. Or... We could teach masturbation to five year olds. We could push for children to take hormone blocker- blockers, and we could subsidize abortion. Our government is already big. What if our education system taught morality, encouraged righteousness, taught critical thinking, taught ethics, taught Christianity, or at least Christian values, as opposed to secular progressive humanism, evolution, and sexual revolution? What if we taught that government and that America is can be inherently a good force in the world and not that it's some patriarchal, uh, racist, sexist, awful, homophobic society? What if we use big government to say that businesses, this is a very modern one, cannot require vaccine passports? or have a big government that bans abortion and places any abortionists who still do abortions in prison for murder. The idea that big government is a bad thing is totally wrong, and it's a misguided idea that will inevitably lead to the worst of human nature coming through, or it'll be big government pushed down by people who are not rooted in Christian values. Here's a quote that I found just today, actually, um, on the Instagram by um, someone who I follow. His name is uh, Kangman Lee and his his content is always really groovy. It is foolish to not store positions of influence when God gives us opportunity to wield power and advance his kingdom, help people's lives, and eliminate ungodly practices and ideologies. Small government and self-governance only work when you have a good and moral citizenry. Right now we have given massive corporations Blasting drag queens with fake boobs, twerking for millions of children. Our society today abounds with degeneracy. The left will use government to achieve their goals and woke agendas. If we don't, then we are screwed. Lol, and that's how it ends. There's a bunch of other thing in there. If we as conservatives do not step up and conserve culture, then we were, then we will lose. We need to stop behaving like libertarians, which I would have claimed to be libertarianish until very recently, and start behaving like progressives. Progressives are willing to use big government to get their point down, to get their point across and to get their ideology across. They think that it is ultimately what is best for the people, and they are willing to take any steps possible to make it happen. No, I'm not saying we need to riot in the streets. I'm not saying we need to burn down places. I am not saying by any means of the imagination that a bunch of idiots need to take their Trump flags and go into the Capitol building. But what I'm saying is is we need to start our long march. We need to start by running for office. We need to start by trying to make an impact in government. We need to make a start by voting for people Um, and voting out soft Republicans who aren't going to do this, people who are just in it to, you know, cut taxes. If you really want to see a culture shift happen, we have to not be afraid to get dirty, get our hands dirty, not to get dirty. There's a little bit of a distinction there. We need not be afraid to get our hands dirty and to really dig in. There has to come a point When the lion's chasing you, when you turn around, get down and hold the spear to its throat. I am saying right now, with what I have seen pushed, this month, this year, last year, that there is no better time than right now, other than maybe five years ago. But when today's conservatives are basically saying what liberals were saying ten years ago, when conservatives today are saying, let's vote for Caitlyn Jenner, you can. it's totally fine. You can be trans. Um, that's not a mental illness. And when we're basically saying, yeah, you can do that. Just don't have it happen to the kids. Well, what are we conserving anymore? We certainly aren't conserving the truth, God's truth. They're just basic human nature that gender doesn't exist. I agree wholeheartedly when people say it's a social construct because it's something that has been socially constructed within the past 10 mainstream, within the past 5 years, and it's a complete delusion. What are we conserving when we support Caitlyn Jenner? Conserving absolutely nothing. It is time for us to have a backbone and a spine and to say, hey, this ain't right. This is the way it should be. Our society will be better off if we use government as a tool to for the betterment of people. This is what classical politics was all about. This is what Hobbesian thought is all about. This is the way that it is. I hope we haven't gotten to the point where it's too far. And the next time I talk about this, I'm going to talk about practical steps how to get this done. It'll, it'll look a little bit like the end of this, like this epic rant here at the end. But but the change doesn't start if we don't take a stand. It doesn't start unless we are willing to say, "No, this is not right." It doesn't happen until we ourselves pick up our cross, die to ourselves and follow him. If we as Christians or as conservatives or as Christian conservatives or as debased or as given to sin are as fragile or as selfish or or as uh, power hungry as as those who we are up against, we ain't going nowhere. Change starts a little bit at a time. How do you eat an elephant? I'll never forget seventh grade soccer practice. We were doing a lot of running and little little fat little seventh grade me hated it. And one of the older kids says comes to me and he says, Levi, how do you eat an elephant? And I said, Well, you probably don't. You probably can't eat an entire elephant. And he said, One bite at a time. Now obviously there's a whole bunch of biology to that, but that has stuck with me for uh, forever. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. How do we win the culture war? One bite at a time. How do we truly change society for the better? One bite at a time. How do we win souls for Christ? One soul at a time. How do we save our society? One person at a time. Obviously, it ain't gonna be easy. It isn't gonna be pretty. But hey... If something is good, it's worth it. Is government bad? Is big government bad? I'd argue that it is not. It simply is those who are in control of it who make it good or bad. I'd argue the big government that we have right now is bad. But there is a way to make it good. And I really hope that this here has given you a little bit of hope. That hey... Maybe things aren't as bad as they are, and maybe there is truly a path forward, and a path to redemption. Alright, I'm going to keep on rambling here for forever, and I want this thing to not be two hours long. So we're going to stop it here. Thanks for listening to the... Per- What's my new podcast called? Whatever my new podcast is called. Whatever the new name of it is. Thank you for listening. Have a good day, and God bless. okay folks i want you to look at this okay go to whoever. okay frankly whoever you follow the podcasts okay click okay up there where it says fellow on the preservation podcast okay now quite frankly folks okay this is great it's a great yidge news yidge news okay you'd be fake news if you didn't do this Go to where it says follow, and click follow. So that, okay, folks, whenever this great podcast, and I mean it's absolutely amazing, this preservation podcast. Okay, folks, whenever it, okay, and quite frankly, whenever it releases another one, okay, you'll see it when it comes out. Because you followed it on wherever you, okay, frankly, wherever you follow the podcast. Okay, huge things coming. Absolutely huge. We're going to make podcasting great again. Okay, folks, goodbye. Good night. Love you. Bye. Okay, and quite frankly, okay. Bye.